in the book of Ephesians will help us to reestablish the shortcoming that the Ephesian church had through his emphasis on the Lord Jesus Christ and our relationship with him. So here in Ephesians, uh, Revelation chapter 2, John is going to describe the Lord Jesus Christ here. He says, unto the angel of the church at Ephesus, write. And so this is the, to the pastor of the, church at the, of the church at Ephesus. These things saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven candlesticks. And this is talking about Jesus, the Lord Jesus. And number two, I know thy works and thy labor and thy patience, and how thou canst not bear them which are evil. And thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not, and hast found them liars, and hast borne and hast patience, and for my name's sake hast labored and hast not fainted. So here is a church that's a hardworking church. Here is a church that is looks like they're sold out to the Lord. They're they're laboring, they're patient, uh, they hate evil, they get rid of false teachers that say that they are apostles and they try them, they, they check them out and make sure uh, that they're preaching God's word and they're not and they get rid of them. So they're a church that looks like they're doing what the Lord wants them to do. And the Lord says here, nevertheless, I have somewhat against you. He says that, um, now in verse number four, nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee because thou hast left thy first love. Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen, and repent, and do the first works, or else I will come unto thee quickly, and will remove thy candlestick out of his place, except thou repent. So here is the rebuke. You've left your first love. You've done all of these good things. You have labored for me. You have demonstrated patience. You have uh, hated evil. You have tried people that have said they're apostles and they're not. Uh, It looks as though you're really serving the Lord. And sometimes uh, the things that we do outwardly look like we're serving the Lord. And sometimes we do things out of duty or we do things to please somebody else or we do things uh, that somebody has influenced us to do rather than having the right motive. And that's a motive of love, serving the Lord because you love him. And uh, the Lord goes on and uh, he gives them another Uh, pat on the back, so to speak. And he uh, says in verse number six, but thou hast that thou hatest the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. And the Nicolaitans, uh, that is a a word, uh, they they were teachers that uh, really it's the idea of conquering the people, really subduing the people. And uh, the Nicolaitans taught that uh, you could be involved in uh, occult and paganism and Christianity, and it diluted the gospel, it diluted the testimony, and uh, the Christians uh, were basically um, worthless. They were not effective. And so uh, the Lord says, hey, you hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans, the things that I hate. Uh, he hates the lukewarmness and the, the lack of uh, dedication to the Lord. And he says, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your goodness.
help us, Lord, uh, not to uh, be a church or a Christian that could be uh, reprimanded for leaving our first love. Help us, Lord, to maintain that relationship with you, that we would uh, desire to do the things that we do because we love you, because your word reminds us that we love you because you first loved us. And uh, the reason that we do what we do is to demonstrate our love for you. Help us, Lord, to understand that and to uh, glean from the message tonight uh, the heart that the Apostle Paul is going to reveal to us as we look at some more Bible verses. Lord, help us to desire that above all else. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you will go with me to the book of Romans, the Apostle Paul's uh, ministry motivation is revealed here in the book of, of Romans. In the first chapter of Romans, Paul is addressing these Christians in Rome, and uh, it is going to reveal to us somewhat his motivation. And I believe that uh, the church at Ephesus that was reprimanded for not having, uh, they have left their first love, here, the Apostle Paul demonstrates, I guess you could say, his modus operandi. Uh, in all of his letters that he wrote in the New Testament, he has, at the beginning of all of them, elements of his motivation, and that is to love the Lord and to have a focus on the Lord as you serve him. And here in Romans chapter number 1, uh, Paul, he says, is a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God, which he had promised afore by his prophets in the Holy Scriptures concerning his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh and declared to be the son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. And uh, he starts off not praising himself, not talking about himself, uh, as a famous preacher, as a preacher of the gospel, other than that he is a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ and an apostle, and then he focuses on the Lord Jesus Christ and what he has done. Uh, rooted in Jesus has done all these things because he loves us. And Paul goes on and uh, says here in um, verse number five, by whom we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations for his name, among whom are all ye also the called of Jesus Christ. And so here Paul is introducing Jesus Christ and our relationship with him. Uh, he really, he's not, he doesn't say it outright that Jesus did all this uh, because he loved us, but uh, he is demonstrating the focus that he brings out in all of his letters at the very beginning of them to help believers realize that Jesus should be your all in all, that he is the reason for your uh, service. He is the reason for your uh, good attitude. He's the reason for your desire to reach out to others and uh, that he wants the very best for you. And as a result, Ye need to love him back as he's loved you. And so here in Romans, Paul uh, reveals a little bit of his heart, but uh, he goes on further. If you look with me in 1 Corinthians real quick, <clears throat> the beginning of 1 Corinthians, he's going to again uh, uh, 
uh, address the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, he doesn't uplift himself. And he is talking to the Corinthian church, which was a carnal church. And Paul is trying to focus their attention on the Lord Jesus Christ. The same thing that we need to do as believers, focus on the Lord. And he says here in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, Paul called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God. And so Sosthenes, our brother, unto the church of God, which is at Corinth, to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints with all that in every place call upon the name of, the, of the Jesus Christ our Lord, both theirs and ours. Grace unto you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, these benefits we have as believers, we enjoy God's grace. Verse 3, that uh, it's given unto you. You have peace with God because of the Lord Jesus Christ. You're enjoying God's grace, his unmerited favor. He gives it to us freely. He doesn't expect us to pay him back for the salvation that he's given us. But because of that, we have peace with God as we focus, as Paul is focusing on the Lord Jesus Christ, not on the Corinthians' problems at the very beginning. Uh, he's focusing on the solution to the problems, and it's based in the love that God has for us in giving us his son. And so here, uh, grace unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God always on your behalf for the grace of God which is given you by Jesus Christ. And that grace given to you, uh, that is your salvation. <clears throat> that is your inheritance that you have in heaven, uh, that Jesus Christ has done it. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son uh, for our benefit so we can enjoy eternal life. And so Paul here, excuse me, he's, he's addressing the Corinthian church and focusing their intention, attention on the Lord Jesus Christ. And he says that in everything ye are enriched by him in all utterance and in all knowledge, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you, so that ye come behind in no gift waiting for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so Paul is focusing on the benefits the Corinthians have, on the Savior that the Lord our Father has given us and given the Corinthians. Again, his modus operandi, focusing on Jesus, focusing on Jesus. He goes on, if you look in Galatians chapter number one, uh, each of these repeat one phrase uh, over and over again to help us focus on what Jesus has done for us, to help us to uh, restore that love and to realize the love that we should have for the Lord Jesus Christ as he has done so much for us. In Galatians chapter 1, Paul, an apostle, not of men, neither by man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. Uh, Paul here is realizing, he's, he is mentioning the fact that he's an apostle. He's not a man called apostle. Uh, Jesus called him. Uh, Jesus made him an apostle. And he says that, uh, and to all the brethren which are with me unto the churches of Galatia, grace be to you and peace from God the Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins, that he might deliver us from the present evil world according to the will of God and our Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. And so he's focusing on Jesus. He's focusing on what Jesus has done for us, for, for these believers, the Galatian believers. And he repeats the same phrase that was in 1 Corinthians 
uh, grace be unto you and peace from God the Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ, which is something Jesus has done for us. We are living in his grace, his unmerited favor, and as a result of his sacrifice, we have peace with God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And then in Galatians, Ephesians, he uh, will come back to Ephesians because there's so much in Ephesians. Go to the next one, Galatians, Ephesians, um, Colossians, uh, excuse me, Philippians. Here, the Apostle Paul again, he says, he's telling us who's writing the letter, Paul and Timotheus, the servants of Jesus Christ, to all the saints in Christ Jesus, which are at Philippi with the bishops and deacons, Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Immediately focusing on what Jesus has done for you. Remembering, hey, you need to love him because of what he's done. You are enjoying his grace, his unmerited favor. You're enjoying peace with God because Jesus died for you. He opened the way. He, oh, he, 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 in, the, in Hebrews it tells us that he went behind the veil He went into the Holy of Holies for you. He's our forerunner, and we have access to the Father. We have peace with God. Romans chapter 5 tells us that we're justified by faith. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And so Paul is focusing on Jesus, focusing on Jesus, helping us to get our minds uh, recalibrated to understanding that Jesus loves us. He's done so much for us. We need to love him in return. And it goes on and says, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, for you all making request with joy for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until this, uh, until now. Being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it unto the day of Jesus Christ. And he's reminding us, hey, (laughs) stand fast in the Lord. He's going to continue to work in your life. Until you meet him in person, he's going to continue to guide and direct because Jesus will never give up on you. Uh, He loves you so much. He gave himself for you. And he wants you to realize that you have peace and you're living in the grace of God because of what Jesus has done. Again, trying to get us to um, focus on Jesus and what he's done for us so that we can realize how much he loves us. And Paul reminds us of that in all of the books that he has written. John uh, also reminds us of the motivation that uh, God has for us that we uh, should have for the Lord. And that is in 1 John chapter 4. That is just before uh, the book of Revelation. And uh, John chapter 4, verse number 19. Again, focusing on Jesus Uh, That uh, tells us that here we love him, Jesus, because he first loved us. And if man say, I love God and hate his brother, he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? And so then this commandment have we from him, that he who loveth God loveth his brother also. And so we love him because he first loved us. We need to um, reinvigorate our love for the Lord. And that is done by remembering what he's done for us and being reminded of what he has done for us, what he has for us in the future, and what he's doing for us right now. Uh, 1 John chapter 4 and verse number 10 says, Herein is love, 
not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. He has paid for our sins. God loved us. Not We didn't love God. God loved us. And as a result, we need to love him uh, because he first loved us. Uh, what a wonderful um, relationship we have with God the Father through Jesus Christ because of what he's done for us. And we should have a um, reinvigoration of that love. We should desire to show our love for the Lord in how we live. And uh, if you went through the Apostle Paul's uh, letters, you would see that he would give a reminder of what Christ has done for you over and over and over. And then he would remind us, hey, you should be living differently. You should be living for the Lord. You should be obeying his word and doing those things that demonstrate you love him. And so as we think about our relationship with, uh, with the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, we look back to the book of, of Ephesians real quick as Paul is here addressing that church that the Lord in Revelation has reprimanded. He has said, hey, you've left your first love. And I believe this particular uh, letter to the Ephesians, I don't know if Paul maybe sensed their lack of love for the Lord. Uh, maybe he uh, had a premonition, but uh, as Josh mentioned, the first three chapters is all what you would say is doctrine or teaching about Jesus and what he's done for us and what we were before we were saved and what Jesus has done to us and what we are after we're saved to reinvigorate our love for Jesus. And he gives here in chapter number one uh, at least nine wonderful things that we are recipients of because of Jesus' love, because he loved us so much he died for us. And Paul here is trying to get us to see that we need to love Jesus above the things of this world, to love Jesus above uh, anything that comes into your life, that you would uh, sacrifice anything for the Lord Jesus Christ because he loves you so much. Here in Ephesians chapter 1, uh, he tells us that Jesus Christ, the apostle Paul, focuses on Jesus here. He says he is the apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God to the saints which are at Ephesus and to the faithful in Christ Jesus. So he's writing to the church in Ephesus, but as a side note, he's writing to faithful in Christ Jesus. So we could fall into that category. So Paul is writing to us. And the first thing that he says is the same thing that he has repeated over and over and over in the other letters. He says, grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. So he wants us to know. He wants us to focus. Hey, Jesus loves you. God loves you. You need to love him back. You need to reinvigorate your love and realize what he has done for you. And now he's going to detail for us at least nine things that God has done for us to remind us, hey, you need to love the Lord. He's done this. The first thing he has done for us is that he has blessed us with all. Well, first of all, he has given us that peace that we just talked about, grace and peace. But the second thing, he has given us all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, that uh, Jesus Christ has given us all spiritual blessings. Our blessings come from him. Uh, we have grace and peace. We have all the spiritual blessings that we would ever need in Christ. And the third thing, according to 
this. Uh, he has chosen us from the foundation of the world, and we should be holy without blame before him in love, that we as believers, we've accepted Jesus as our Savior, and he's made us holy. We can't make ourselves holy. There's no way you can make yourself holy. Jesus has forgiven you of your sin, and he has cleansed you of your sin, and he, in, he has made you holy in the, in the eyes of God. So we're holy and blameless. Uh, these are all benefits that we have because Jesus loves us, and Paul is trying to get us to see all of these benefits to help to reinvigorate our dedication and our love to the Lord. And it goes on. And uh, uh, number four, the fourth thing that he gives us here, um, he has predestinated us by, to the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself. He's adopted us into his family. Uh, he had a plan before creation. Uh, he predestined. His plan was anybody that accepts Jesus as their Savior are adopted into my family. You're adopted. Not only that, are you adopted, but you have been accepted in the Beloved. That, uh, Josh mentioned that this morning as well, that uh, we need to praise God uh, for the glory of his grace wherein he hath made us accepted in the Beloved. Uh, you are accepted in God's family. You are accepted because of what Jesus has done for you. Jesus is the Beloved. He is the one that God has, has mentioned in the New Testament that Jesus is, uh, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. He, the idea is that he is his beloved son. And we are accepted because of what Jesus has done for us. We couldn't have ever done this on our own. It was totally by the grace and the love that Jesus had for us. And uh, uh, we are recipients of that. We have been redeemed. In verse number seven, we have forgiveness of sin according to the riches of his grace. Again, another benefit of that, uh, that one sentence, grace be unto you. Uh, benefits of that grace, we have our sin, we've been redeemed, our sin is forgiven. And Jesus did it all because he loves you, because he did it for you, because he wants you to uh, serve him with the right heart attitude. In number, verse nine, he says that he has made known unto us the mystery of his will, and that is the fact that Jesus has delivered the gospel message that we have received. We can accept Jesus as our Savior. And it goes on and on and on, reminding us of the benefits that we have as believers. And uh, I have them all marked in my Bible, if I can see them. Uh, verse 11, it says, that's number 9, uh, or number 8. It says, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance. Uh, Predestined according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. And his counsel of his own will is that you accept Jesus as your Savior. You have an inheritance. You've been adopted into the family. You've been accepted in the beloved. You have an inheritance. First Peter chapter 1 tells us that we have an inheritance that's, that uh, uh, is undefiled. It fades not away. It's reserved in heaven for you, and it's kept by God. And so here uh, we have this because Jesus loves you enough to die for you. And you need to realize what he's done for you and, and reinvigorate your love for him. And it goes on and tells us that uh, we were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Further down, it reminds us of the fact that uh, Jesus Christ has done it all, uh, that he uh, wants you to realize that you can, uh, through study of the word and submission to the Lord, uh, you can understand and grow 
and realize what Jesus has done for you and love him more and more and more. Verse number 18 says, Paul's prayer is that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that ye may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And so here, as we think about uh, the apostle Paul, his modus operandi was to encourage believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. He didn't brag about himself. He didn't talk about uh, you do what I say. He always pointed the believer to the Lord Jesus Christ and what Jesus has done for him, for you and me. And uh, we need to uh, desire to love the Lord like we did when we first got saved. I remember when I first got saved, I realized that I was a hell-bound sinner and I accepted Jesus as my Savior and my sin was forgiven. Uh, and that's all I knew. I said, wow, praise God. Uh, I believed what the Bible said and I accepted Jesus as my Savior and I believed what it said. My sin was forgiven and I'm on my way to heaven and I had joy in my heart and it reflected in my countenance and the Lord wants that every day. He wants you to experience that joy all the time. And how do you do that? Uh, I've got some suggestions for you. How to renew your love for the Lord. Uh, that you would be desirous of having that kind of a love relationship that you do these things. Like the Ephesian church did so many things. But obviously they were doing it out of duty. They were doing it for the wrong reasons. They weren't doing it because they loved the Lord. They had left their first love. And Jesus says, hey, you can repent. You can come back. Go back to the first time when you met me and remember. And then think about what I have in the word for you. The first thing is remind yourself what Christ has done for you. How do you do that? You get into the word of God. Look in the word of God. In 1 Peter chapter number 2 and verse 2 reminds us that as believers... Uh, we need to be in the, the Word of God. Uh, there's so many wonderful things in the book of, uh, of First and Second Peter that uh, remind us of our relationship with the Lord and what we have in Christ. And here in First Peter chapter one verse two and uh, chapter two verse two, it tells us that. Uh, in fact, I'll start in verse number one uh, as we're thinking about loving the Lord and having that relationship of love. Uh, we do it because we love him. We need to do what it says in the 12, chapter 12 and verse 1. Wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisy and envies and all evil speakings, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that ye may grow thereby. So don't pay attention to all of these things that distract you, all of these um, emotions that get in the way of uh, serving the Lord. We need to be like a newborn babe and desire the sincere milk of the word that we may grow thereby. And that is, uh, God has given us his word because he loves us. As little babies, we soak in the word of God and we grow spiritually. And God wants that for every one of us. So the first thing that you can do to renew or, or uh, invigorate your love for the Lord is get in the word of God and apply all of these wonderful benefits that uh, the Apostle Paul and other of the writers have um, Credited to our account because of what Jesus has done. The second thing, uh, it would do you well to go to the book of Ephesians and start listing some things. As you uh, realize what Jesus has done for you, uh, you'll be surprised how many things you can 
pull out of the scripture just by reading it and, uh, and writing it down that will encourage your heart. And when you look at that, you'll see, hey, Jesus loves me so much, I need to demonstrate my love for him. And then uh, the third thing that you need to do, we all need to do, is make a conscious effort to see and talk about the things God is doing in our life right now. Uh, that we would be willing to tell others, hey, you know what the Lord did for me today? Uh, it's amazing how many things God is doing for us right now. Uh, it's wonderful what he is doing for us spiritually, but he's also doing things for us right here. Uh, uh, I, I guess you could say materially and physically uh, and emotionally and relationally uh, that he has, is doing right now. Uh, Psalm 145 is a wonderful passage that David wrote that tells us about his desire and what he's going to do to um, not only remind himself how much the Lord loves him and how much he can be an impact in the world, but he's going to uh, praise the Lord by telling others. So as a way to reinvigorate your love for the Lord, yeah, start doing what David says that you should be doing in Psalm 145. And look with that, it says here, I will extol thee, my God. That word extol means I will praise thee. And it's, uh, you can apply it to your life. Say, uh, uh, Ron Capel will praise thee, my God, O King, and I will bless thy name forever and ever. Every day I will bless thee. And I will Praise thy name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised and his greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall praise his works to another. So there's a, uh, evidence that one generation is going to be talking and telling the next generation how good the Lord is and what the Lord has done in their life. It is one generation praise his work to another and shall Declare thy mighty acts. I will speak of the glorious honor of thy majesty and of thy wondrous works. And it goes on and talks about how that David is going to declare God's greatness. How that we need to do the same thing. Uh, we need to um, stop talking about the weather and uh, try to talk about, hey, do you know what the Lord did for me today? Uh, do you know what the Lord has done for me uh, in the past? You know what the Lord is doing for me right this minute? And... Uh, Remind yourself, hey, the Lord loves me. The Lord wants the best for me. Psalm 139 is a good passage that you can turn to to get some encouragement from, especially when you feel down in the dumps and you don't think God cares about you. Psalm 139 details many instances where he's telling us, hey, he cares about you. He loves you. He, in Psalm 139.1, he says, O Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knowest my down-sitting and my uprising. Thou understandest my thoughts afar off. Thou compasseth my past and my lying down and art acquainted with all my ways. And so the idea is he's right there. <laughs> he's watching every move you make. He cares about you. He loves you. And you need to love him back. Something that really uh, amazes me in this passage is what he says over here in um, uh, a little further on in the passage he says about, uh, um, he, he sees me in the womb, uh, in verse number 16. Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being imperfect. And in thy book all my members were written, which in continuance were fashioned, when as yet there was none of them. 
So it's the idea that even in the womb, he's watching over us. He's, he's making us just the way he wants us. And he says in verse number 17, How precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God! How great is the sum of them! If I should count them, they are more in number than the sand. When I awake, I'm still with thee. And uh, David is, is amazed. Uh, I'm amazed. And when you think about that God cares about you and me so much that he thinks about us a whole lot. Not only does he think about us a whole lot, but it tells us here that he thinks about us as you count the thoughts he has towards you. It's like the sand of the sea. And uh, he uh, watches over you from the beginning to the end. And the idea of what it says there, when I awake, I'm still with thee. It's the idea that when I pass away, when I die, and my eye open up in glory, I'm still with God. I've been with him from the beginning, and I'm with him in the present, and I'm with him in the future. Why is that? Because he loves me. He cares about me. And you need to love him back. And he wants you to serve him out of a heart of love, not of a heart of duty, not of a heart of obligation, not of a heart of, uh, I'll do it because uh, I'll be embarrassed if I don't. Uh, I'll do it because somebody has prompted me to do it. No, because I want to do it because I love the Lord. He loves me so much. I want to show him I love him. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your goodness. Help us, Lord, to put this into practice, each one of us, Lord, in our lives, that we would live for you because we love you. And you have shown uh, through your word so many places in the Bible how much you love us. Help us, Lord, to realize that uh, we can love you because you first loved us and you continue to love us. Help us to put this into practice in our lives, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.